Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody. I've got Danny Michaels on the show this week. He calls himself an angel medium. And I have lots and lots and lots of questions for him. I want to know, is there a difference with, are there really archangels and cherubs and guardian angels and all of that? Do they stay with us throughout all of our lifetimes? Do bad people like murderers and criminals and those guys, do they have angels? What can we do to communicate with our angels? I have a, a whole plethora of different topics to cover with him. So I hope you enjoy this interview. I'm looking forward to talking with him myself and comparing notes about what he finds and what I find and how they, you know, how they jive together. Be sure to like and subscribe. Be sure to leave a comment and be sure to share this with your family and friends. So let's talk to Danny Michaels, the angel medium, and see what he has to say. Hi, Danny. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, thanks. I have so many questions for you, the angel man. And kind of like the song, The Candy Man. I think they should write a song about you, The Angel Man. <laughs> so let's just get right into it. What's an angel? An angel is a celestial being um, that is made up of pure love, pure joy, pure happiness. So they're not dead people. A lot of people think they're dead people, but they're not. They're celestial beings that God creates for our protection, our guidance. I, I laugh people when somebody dies, they'll say, yeah, we have another angel in heaven. And I'll say, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I don't want to upset them because right. they've just lost a loved one. But when somebody asks me about it, I say, it's like it's a different species. It's like comparing a schnauzer to a dandelion. They're just exactly. not the same species. Would you agree with that? I agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's not because uh, an angel doesn't have it wasn't created as a human. It wasn't creating with. It wasn't created with a human soul, so they don't have those tendencies and stuff like that. They also don't feel negativity. You know, they they don't know how to feel negativity, which is very, very different from a human soul. Right, but I hear that humans, when they're in spirit form, don't feel negativity either. Everything's all pure right. love and pure high vibration. Do you oh, yeah. After after they move on, yeah. But yeah. when they don't move on, they still have negativity and feel anger and stuff like that. But after you move on, yeah, you don't, you no longer feel that. Um, so that's why I guess people kind of like, you know, kind of think that dead people can be angels because they, when they transcend, they don't feel that. But they still, angels are, you know, angels are guiding, protecting us and doing all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. And usually when a loved one passes away, um, 
they kind of just get to hang out and rest and, and live their afterlife. You know, there's no, it's no longer work like angels are working all the time. Yeah. I, I will have people oftentimes say to me, Danny, well, is my, I had somebody call into my show last night and her granddad had recently died and she, what, she was calling in for her grandmother and her grandmother wanted to know if her deceased husband was mad at her. And I thought, well, spirits are pure love. They don't get mad. That's a human emotion. And the personality, especially the snarky personality traits, stay with the body when somebody dies. Yes. So oh, yeah. I always say, or or they'll say, what, is, what does my dad think about the park we built for him? And the spirit will always say, well, if it makes you happy, it makes me happy because they don't care. You know, yeah. that's a human thing. That's exactly what they say all the time. <clears throat> They're always saying, as long as it makes you happy, like, or their belongings, like, why does, like, for example, what do they want me to do with their house? And I'm like, whatever makes you happier, like, if it, you know, whatever, like, they don't, they no longer have an agenda or anything, you know, they just care about you being good and happy and fulfilled. I agree. I get the same thing. What do angels look like to you? Well, that to me, um, they take different forms. So like when I first started to see them when I was very, very young, I remember they looked like other kids. So I was like playing with other kids almost. Um, when I started to get older, um, I could see, I just see them like huge beings of light um, that are just, that kind of has like a body silhouette, but um, they're just made up of light. And um, when I see them in like a human form, they look like perfect people, like almost like live dolls. Like it's just, they look just perfect, like beautifully perfect. Um, so like it depends on, cause they can come through however they can to make a connection with us. But I mostly see them as light, uh, as, as light beings, like these beings of light and stuff like that. Um, the only thing that I tell people is like, they're like, it's really, sometimes I, I see, I see certain traits on them. Um, but they're mostly just shining light all the time. I don't see them with, with, with bird wings though. Sometimes I used to see them with bird wings, but like, they don't look like wings to me. They look like wings of light. Like they're made out of light. So they're like, when I see them in like their true form, um, it's almost like, because they're made up, they're like nuclear power plants of energy. So their their energy centers radiate so much light that it comes out of their backs almost as a, almost like a fountain. So I understand how people can refer that to wings almost. Um, but that's how I see them. Interesting. I've never heard that analogy before. Yeah. With the, the energy comes out of the back and it looks like wings. Wow. I went through 12 years of Catholic schools. So I picture angels, how they look in the paintings and the statuary and that kind of stuff. Big, big wings, white gown, all of that. That's how I was trained that they mm -hmm. look. Certainly somebody that grows up in an indigenous culture might see an angel energy as like a ball of purple, just purple fog or something. I right. mean, it's going to look different to different people. 
And it's been my experience that spirit and angels are going to show up to us. So we have a frame of reference for who they are. Yeah. And so that's fascinating. I love that about the wings. The other thing about them showing up as humans, what comes to mind is that preacher's wife, when Denzel Washington played an angel and Whitney mm-hmm. Houston was in that movie. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, it was great. And he looked perfect and he was calm and he was there to you know, help her through a tough time in her marriage. And her husband was a preacher and he was Mm -hmm. getting ready to lose his church and all of that. But, but the thing about it is that I, I've heard throughout the years that angels can show up. They can assume a human appearance to help us. Well, we've all heard the stories about somebody is ready to step off the curb into traffic and some angel, you know, somebody pulls them back in and then they go to thank them and look for them and nobody's there. That kind of thing. Yeah, they can do that too, um, you know, and make themselves look like a human being. And um, that's why I always tell people that in my opinion, it's not a set form that they that you see them, uh, you know, unless, unless you get really used to them. Like I can't, like, like I am, but yeah, they've they've taken human form sometimes to kind of like if they're if they're meant to intervene according to you know what's happening, um, they'll take a human form and like show up as like a random stranger in your life and stuff like that. But you know, I grew up Catholic as well, and like the the like I always tell people that it's not that it's wrong how they look in in the Catholic way, like with the white gowns and the wings, but. The way that I always look at it is that you always have to refer back to how someone had the experience and then what you make up from that. So like to me, that's why I keep I, I keep feeling like they probably saw them as like, you know, beings of light. So there's a white gown and then the wings are like, what is that behind them? You know, what is that energy behind them? They're like, oh, it's wings. So then you make them into something that becomes more familiar. But to me, like I said, like they look like a body. But then they um, they have these this light radiating from them that could kind of look like wings and, and and could be wings as well, because it's just there's just so much energy splurring out of them all the time. And, and, and it's just like a radiation almost that's coming out. Yeah, I love that. That resonates with me, you saying that, because, you know, and I'm thinking how Jesus has been portrayed for millennia is this European gringo, you know, (laughs) light skinned. He was, he was a Middle Easterner. There's no way, you know, Mm -hmm. blue eyes and blonde curls. I don't think so. But, but that's what was portrayed. Somebody did that. And then others picked up on it. Back to the preacher's wife movie. uh, I saw the, um, Gosh, I'm blanking on her name. Marshall, Penny Marshall was the director of that movie and she's Mm -hmm. deceased now. But I saw her interviewed one time and she talked about that movie and she said, I'm a good Jew. What do I know about, you know, all this stuff? She goes, I know about angels, but I don't know about all this Christian stuff and gospel music. And she said that the energy when they were filming that movie was so intense to the point where when they were singing gospel music and it's Whitney Houston and her mom 
Cece, and all these other amazing voices that were singing gospel music. She said she kept yelling, cut, cut. And they'd sing, they'd keep singing for like another 20 minutes. And so she said she kept the camera rolling and she found some of her best footage after she'd yelled cut. And she said, I know that was divine guidance. I know that was angels in the building and angels that were advising me and guiding me to do that. It it was just hilarious because she was hilarious listening to her tell the stories. I believe that. that. I believe that. You know, God... God comes through in many ways, and sometimes it's in films, and there's so many films that I even see. Have you ever had that knowledge that you get given, you know, and then you see it in the movies and you're like, oh my God, like I already knew that. Like there. Mm. So I get, I, I, that's kind of like my sign when, when I find like a, a channel movie or something. I, I always refer back to like the angels' teachings that they give me. And then that comes out in that movie and I'm like, wow, okay. Like that's, that's how, that's how they're showing up as well. One of the places that I had that experience, Danny, was at Harry Potter World at Universal Studios in LA. My son Uh and I were there and we were getting ready to go on some kind of a ride and they have these little sayings around the park and they'll, they'll have like the white owl that was Harry Potter's pet in the first movie. And And there was a saying, I remember we were getting on this ride, there was a saying, and I said to my son, Jonathan, I said, I've seen that before. I've seen what they're describing. I've heard that. I've heard that from spirit, whatever. Everything that's a book or a movie script or a song, it's all channeled, every piece of it. And anybody that's ever written a book, and I've experienced this myself, we'll we'll write something and then we'll go back and read it and we'll think, oh, that's pretty good. I don't even remember writing that. And that's that's how it works. There is no way J.K. Rowling is that creative. She channeled all that stuff for all of her, you know, multi-billion dollar empire. (laughs) <laughs> but but I was laughing with my son because I thought of all the places for me to see stuff that was resonating from spirit, you know, I'm in Harry Potter world, which looks like a movie yeah. set. Have you been to one yet? I have been. I've been to the one in, in uh, L.A. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was awesome. I, I think I had I had a really good time there, too. Like the whole energy of that little place was good to me, too, as well. Um and, and yeah, so I totally understand like, and, and you find them in the most random places, like signs or even like information like that. Like, I'm just like, okay, like I, you know, this is, this is on the right direction. You know, it's, 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 it's what's supposed to be being, you know, taught to these people and everything. So it's pretty cool. Right. Right. I agree. When angels are around, do you feel a certain emotion or vibration? Yes. Um, they radiate so much good energy. So like all of your, it's like, I always tell people that closer they're to you, your body's going to react to them. So it's almost like you're going to start to feel like this awesome love, happiness, joy, euphoric energy where you're just going to be um, feeling so loved, so protected. The, the closer they're to you, the more you feel that. And um when I was, when I was first, like when I was really young, um, cause they, you know, they trained me, they trained me to feel them and to, in, in different ways. 
And um, when they would get too close to me, I would just start crying. Um, but not out of any sadness, but out of like, oh my God, I've never been loved this much. You know, like, it's just like, it just makes you feel like, like the purity of love with no conditions, with no exchange process and everything. And they make you feel perfect too. you like, you feel perfect in every way. Um, so the closer they're to you, they'll radiate that energy and you'll feel your body will react to it. Like your body's going to react to it in, in like this happiness form or like empowerment form like it's going to create that positivity to you and your body how'd they train you to notice that it was them well i was born like this i was born like this like even when i was a baby my mom would tell me that i would just stare and like laugh and you know and like and, and things like that and then when i started talking um i would just talk to them and uh, so it was kind of like, you know, a little bit scary, I guess, for my mom. But um, I started to notice them um, when I started to notice them more, because, you know, in, in the church, then they start telling you that if you have these abilities, you're especially Catholic church, you know, you're from the devil or you're from this and that. So I was like, okay, so am I wrong? You know, like it was just really strange, but it never felt wrong because everything they would tell me was love. Everything they would tell me about me or someone else, it was never fear. It was never judgment. It was never anything negative. It was all pure love, joy, empowerment, guidance. Um, so I was like, how can this be bad? You know, how can this be, this be bad? And then I did start to notice the, the negative side. So then I was like, okay, this is the opposite of what the angel is, you know? So then I started to kind of get, get uh, adjusted to energy and everything like that. So they started to kind of put me in situations or, or, or places where I could understand the types of energy more, um, but never from an angel. That's why, you know, I just don't, they don't have anything negative to say ever, you know, and if they warn you of something, it's always followed by how to fix it. So they're never going to leave you with anxiety or with anything unfulfilled. Um, but they started to first, they started to just, you know, interact with me and everything like that. And then when I started to, um, when they started to kind of tell me that I had a mission and stuff like that, then it was more profound stuff. Or like, I remember in church, like the priest would say something to me and my angels were like, it's not true. You know, like, don't believe that. And I was like, okay. So I started to create this trust where like, I would always trust them because when I seek the church's help, I remember going to confession and being like, Hey, like I hear these angels and they're like, Oh no, 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 no. That's not good. And I'm like, then help me. And they're like, oh, you have to pray. So then the next week I would be like, hey, I prayed and I'm still hearing them, you know. So eventually I just started to just rely on them and understand the actual beauty of religion without the business side, man-made and, you know, and it was good. You know, it was good. So that's they started to train me like that because... um when I was growing up, there was no no help that I could go towards. I also grew up in um, a town where, like, I feel like there were more uh, negative channelers. Like, you know, I don't know that that I was just like scary to me. 
Um, so everything I've learned, I learned from them. Like I never took a class. I never took a mentor. Like they trained me, the archangels trained me too, you know? So like, it was just, it was in Jesus. I love Jesus. Jesus works with me too. And it was awesome, you know? So like, I, I just started to understand because then even, even good energy, like an angel and an archangel, very different energy, you know, more, an archangel is more intense. And then Jesus energy, Jesus and God energy are the ones that I cannot adjust to. Because all the other ones, because I'm around them all the time, the angels and the archangels, I've adjusted to them. So they don't make me as emotional anymore. But Jesus and, and, and God energy, I'm all, I always but like I always start crying. I always start like getting too overwhelmed with their love and their power. That is just that's the one that I can't adjust to yet. <laughs> yet operative word. By the way, Pope Francis in 2016, I don't know if you know this, but he put out a papal bull. Do you know about this? Yeah. And and said that he wanted his pastors to welcome healers and psychics because they were doing the work of the Holy Spirit. That was yeah. pretty profound. Uh, and it was. Yeah. 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 I'm in, I'm impressed that you know that. Most people aren't aware of that. Oh, I know. I know my Bible. I know everything. I follow everything because if I, I always say if I'm going to preach about it, I should know about it, you know? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I know. I actually, I love religion. I don't have a, this, the good stuff of it, you know? Right. Um, but I don't have, I'm not, I'm, I never pull anyone away from it. Like, I'm never like, you need to stop. Like, no, like if it helps you be close to God, to me, it's doing its job. But yeah, I saw that and I was really excited. And also how he started to also include like divorced people, gay people. Like he started to to do so much change which I knew about that. Like I, I even remember because I, I, the angels always give me prophecies, you know, and they told me that there was going to start to have, there was going to start to be a revolution in the church because they're going to notice that if they don't revolutionize themselves, they're going to crumble themselves. Right. Um, and, and so that, that was really exciting because, and that's the thing though, that I mean, in my way, the, the, the church reaches out to me um, but they don't like to tell people about it. So it's almost like they know that we're healers and that we can do stuff, but they got, they want to keep you on the download because they will go against their rules or something. But after he said that, I feel like it became more, more good. I, it's not, it's not all good yet, I feel, but it opened up a door for us to be, um, in a good way, you know, but there's also a lot of, um, phony people that that pretend to be workers of god and they're not you know so like i feel that's what the angels told me too and like because in leviticus and deuteronomy those are the two um books that talk about psychics and mediums in the bible and when you read them it's almost like they're talking about a specific group of people that probably they encounter in that time you know, so that's why, but, but we, as you know, we see it in the Bible, it's like, oh, let's make it all about it, everybody, you know? So I feel like they were talking about a specific group of people because there is a lot of psychics that are thieves and liars, you know, there is, but they, they, they included everyone. I feel that's what the angels told me that they were speaking about a, a specific group of people. And then they also told me that it was, all, it was a fear of power. Like, oh, these people have abilities, so they're going to take the power from us. So let's make it wrong. So like they, you know, they always give me an answer to something that's troubled me because that would trouble me a lot. Like, especially growing up Catholic, 
like I was like, am I doing the work of the devil? Like, what am I? Like, why is this happening to me? Because they encrusted it to you, you know, that it's like wrong and you shouldn't be doing it, and and you're doing it, and I'm like, I'm not doing it. This is like a part of me, you know. It's like it's like a, it's like breathing to me, being able to sense and see these spirits. It's like a part of me. I couldn't I couldn't turn it off. Like a lot of people talk about turning it off, you know. And so I just had to trust that God doesn't make mistakes, you know, like, why would God give me this ability if I was God and God creates, you know, God creates only good. So why would he give me something that's bad? You know, I just did. I started to kind of do my research on my own. And, and with the help of my angels, I kind of survived all that stuff. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about there, I agree with you that it's the door has been open. My parish and many churches and synagogues of all churches of all denominations give my angelic attendance what really happens as we transition from this life into the next to everybody that comes in to plan a funeral. And they also give it to families who have a loved one who's dying. So that's huge, I think. And also, I think it's interesting to remember that, to your point, the human created aspect of religions and stuff, for heaven's sakes, Pope Francis just forgave Galileo, (laughs) what, 15 years ago or something, for saying the sun was the center of the universe. I mean, please. So, Yeah. yeah. So you take what resonates with you and then you leave the rest is how I've always thought about it. Do that. So do you come from a a family with other mediums or a spiritual or religious family? Um, yeah, like a lot of, in both sides of my family, um, it's like totally different. Like no one practices it like I do though. Like I had, like my mom, for example, she's very intuitive and psychic, but she just doesn't do, you know, she just doesn't do it, but she's able to sense that. Um, uh, and then I have a couple other family members on my mom's side of the family that were very like healing, very connected to God and always like that. And then on my dad's side of the family, um, there was a lot of like um, people, I think that they're more into I have a, an aunt that was like a, into Santeria and all that and stuff like that. So kind of the opposite of what my mom's side of the family is. Uh, but there's also a lot of intuitive people on my on my father's side of the family too. Uh, but no one does it like I do. Like no one's practicing like I do or anything like that. So what was the catalyst to bring you out of the closet with your angel communication and and uh, I I assume you may have hesitated a little before you went public <laughs> with it and made it into a your career. Yeah, well, I went to I went to university. You know, I have a degree and everything. I just try to do like I try to adjust to what I was supposed to do. You know, in the world and stuff. And um, I never really told anyone about my ability because my angels told me not to. They were like, "We are advising you not to do it because then it's going to create more issues." Um, which of course I would probably end up in like a psych ward or something, you know, with schizophrenia or something like that. So I was like, all right, I'll listen to you guys. And then eventually, but my mom always noticed, my mom always knew, you know, but we just didn't really like told anyone. Um, and then growing up, like I said, I went to university, everything, and I just didn't, it never felt like I, like it was my world. Like I was always like, Ooh, I want to do this. And then 
I want to do this to help. And then, and then you're limited by all these things. And I'm like, no, it's like, I just, I just knew I was meant for something more. And, um, I was working and this is, I think this is what, when I, when I started to make the decision is that I, um, I started to get really drawn to doing like, to helping people more and stuff like that. And then my angels told me like, uh, you should try, you know, tell people what you do and stuff like that. And I was like, okay. So I started to tell a few people. And then from there I started to get like people wanting to get readings and stuff like that. And then, um, but I had a degree. So I was like, no, like I'm supposed to be this and that, you know? And, um, so it was until one day I went to read for someone and, um, after, like, I helped this person so much, like when it comes to like healing and moving on. And when I was driving back, um, I remember I was, I was driving and I taught and I asked God, I was like, Hey, if you want me to do this full time, I'll quit my job. I'll dedicate my life for this fully without any questions, but just, you know, show me that this is what you want me to do. And in that moment, this white dove, as I, and, I'm, and I'm driving, like I'm literally moving, driving. And this dove comes and circles my car three times. And then it stops in front of my, in, uh, in front of my moving car in my windshield and just almost like an image of the Holy Spirit is how I can describe it. And then it leaves. And I was like, all right, you know, but, and I could feel that energy. I could feel that love. I was crying already because I was feeling all that energy. And I was like, cool. So then I went and I decided not to go back to my job. I decided to go this fully. I started to make every move I could to to start to do this professionally and stuff like that. And um, I took that leap of faith, you know, and it was scary. It was scary because of things you have to pay, you know, like, how am I going to get this money? How am I going to get that? And I was tested, you know, I was really tested into my commitment of, of this and it was a very hard, hard financial time for me. But then as I kept going, everything fixed itself and God provided and it was like everything fixed magically. Everything that I thought was going to go wrong fixed. It was just, it was, it was just a miracle. And um, ever since then, I've just been doing it. You know, I, I, I got, I have a degree that I don't use. I got in debt for no reason, I guess. No, not for no reason, because if I didn't, if I didn't have a degree, if I didn't, if I wouldn't got graduated college, I would, I think I would still be wondering right now, do I need to go to college? You know, do I need to get a degree? Like, so I feel like it was like done, get, get that done with so that you know that that's not meant for you. And then, um, but it was, it was scary, you know, but I was just trying to trust God more than anything and trust that purpose that I felt, you know, that I felt that other people would tell me, like I would meet other readers, like, and, in, in like events or something. And they would tell me like, you are, you, you have so much to do. And like, I started to listen and, and surrender to God, you know, but there was that, that profound experience is what kind of like gave me the, the, the willingness to just go and figure it out. I want to, in a couple minutes, ask you about how everybody can connect with their angels. But I got some questions about angels first yeah. and the and the different kinds of angels. You alluded to the fact that you see archangels and regular angels. I have to assume that there are probably some cherubs flown in there every now and again, thrown in there. How do they show up for you? And do they come in for different tasks? What's your understanding of why are there different kinds of angels? 
And what are they intended to do to help us? Is that like, you mean like archangels? Mm -hmm. Like if there are archangels and guardian angels and cherubs and all of that, why are there different kinds of angels? And do they have different roles that they play in assisting us? Yeah. Well, in my opinion, because I've been, you know, I've, I've learned with the angels differently. There's only two types of angels. Uh, there's angels and archangels. Everything else people talk about, like the seraphim and the cherubs and like all those things, to me, they're in the same category as angels. Um, they're all in the same, you know, in the same thing and, and, and that. And then the archangels, I've only met four, so I only speak about four. Um, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting others or any other ones. Um, and the archangels are a, a higher extension of God in an angelic form that are in charge of empowering us, helping us, and things like that. In my opinion, every archangel can do it all. They can heal, they can protect, they can everything that we categorize them of, you know, like Michael does this, Gabriel does this. To me, they're all, they all can do everything, but they are in charge of like a, 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 a universal message. So for example, Raphael does the healing work, you know, Michael does the protection against darkness and stuff like that, which they are in charge of that category of that world, if you would say, but they all can do it all. Um, the, the archangels are universal. I always say they all, they, they can come in to you in any moment at any time. They can be with, with, uh, everybody at once, you know, they're a higher extension that kind of um, are in charge of more of the world energy than your own in a way. So your own angels are in charge of you, guiding you, protecting you, making sure that you're fulfilling your purpose and everything like that. And the archangels are also aware of that, but they're more in charge of the universal energy, which is like, how can we do this to bring this? So in my opinion, Every time that I have um, an angel message from my angels, it's like it's like uh, it's like a lower vibrational message. And every time I have an archangel message, it's like, oh, we're gonna change some some lives with this, you know. So it's always like it's a higher frequency, and also their energy is higher. Like it, it it's higher than a regular angel. But what I was told is that in heaven there's no hierarchy. It's only just Jesus and God, you know, and then everyone else is on the same, uh, you know. But their their frequencies are different, but they don't notice that, you know. They're not like, oh, he's higher than me or anything like that. But um, so that's what that's how I I understand the the messages, you know, or like when you get a God message or a Jesus message. It's like, ooh, we're meant to make some changes here. We're meant to change your life, to change the world somehow with the, with that higher message. And your angels kind of stick more towards high, uh, guiding you, healing you and stuff like that in a more single way, like a more singular way than like a more profound way. Do you see archangels differently from regular angels or is it that you can just feel the higher vibration of the archangels? So the archangels, um, yeah, I see them differently and they have a particular energy to me and a color that they show up in a, in a more profound way. Um, and sometimes I do see them as humans. Sometimes they do look like people to me, the archangels do. 
Um, but it's, um, it is a, it's a, and it's also a very different energy. Like their energy can kind of knock you off your chair a little bit, you know, the, it's just, it's very intense and very, it takes a lot to adjust to them. When they, when angels communicate with you, does it come into your head and feel like a thought in your head? How do you know that that's an angel message versus just your mind thinking well, something? Well, I hear them like I hear you. And I see them like I see you. So to me, they're not in my head. They're outside and they all have their different voices. They all sound differently um, and they all vibrate differently. So mine's a very physical aspect, um, even with the dead. Like I can be driving and there's dead people on the sidewalk, you know. So it's like to me, it's it's a physical aspect. I see them. Actually, when I was little, I struggled who was real and who wasn't because to me, they look the same. The only thing is that dead people in, I don't, to me, they don't have feet. So every time when I was little, I would be like, hold on. And then I would just try to, <laughs> try to look down. And if they didn't have feet, I'm like, all right, you're dead. You know, cause to me, they look the same. They look like people, um, in that way. Yeah. Spirits look like holograms to me. So do mm -hmm. angels and, and spirit guides and all, all those others. They look like a hologram of a, something that I've seen. And of course, I picture archangels looking like St. Michael statues. <laughs> I went to St. Michael Catholic grade school. You know, there are St. Michael pictures all over the place. So I see the yeah. lace up sandals like the Romans, you know, used to wear in the little skirt armor, and the shield yeah. and the armor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's what I was taught St. Michael looks like mm -hmm. and what an archangel looks like. So it's easy for spirit to just say, okay, that's what you think we look like. So that's how we're going to picture ourselves to you. Yeah. And and then it just makes it easy to understand. Especially if that. it makes you feel, if it makes you feel comfortable seeing them that way, they're going to take that form. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft. And they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic, and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing. They've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer for just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y-Earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth Bedding. I love them and so will you. Well, it's interesting and that's something that I always talk about, especially in my classes is it doesn't matter what the no. general consensus is of how an archangel looks. What matters is how do they appear to you? What works for you? Let's come up with a way that you can identify them and validate that that's them that's specific to you. And I exactly, it's like your own connection. Everything's what matters, not what, yeah, not, not. And, and honestly, to me, also, it's like, like a lot of people focus a lot on what can you tell me their names? And I'm like, why does it matter? You know, like you're, you're, you're not, they're not human. You don't need to be like, hey, Bob, come in. You know, it's like, it's, it doesn't matter what their name 
names are or what they look like in the end, as long as you have that connection with them. It's, that's so funny you bring up names. That's one of my questions for you in a minute. And But let's just go to it now. They, over the years, have given me these names, Danny, that are like 15 letters and they're all consonants. And I yeah. say, how am I supposed to pronounce that? It's some mm-hmm. dead language or it's some language from some different reality that we don't have any frame of reference for it. So several years back, I started to say, can you just give me like an American English name that I can <laughs> pronounce? And if you got a nickname, that would be even better. And so they'll come in with names now like Sam or Sally or whatever. Yeah. And I And I always say, now remember, spirits don't have a gender. They're just energy, but they're going to give us a name so we can have a human reference. And and we're always going to equate a gender with a name. And that's OK, because when you think of Sam the angel, you know, maybe that maybe they say their name's Samuel and they can call him Sam or Sammy. Yeah. Then what happens is when we think of them, that just connects our satellite dish heads energy to their energy. So it doesn't matter to your point, what's their name? I find the same thing, but I find most people are more comfortable with having a name. Yeah. And it's just, it's, they want the name to make a connection somehow, but like, I don't know, like, you know, to me, it's very different in that sense, but their names can be anything. It can be like you mentioned, you know, it can be a number, it could be a symbol. Like they don't have names like ours. They can be numbers, symbols, bunch of letters and stuff like that, you know, that that are going to reference who they are. But their frequency is what is unique. It's like, oh, okay, you're this one. You're not, you know. And yeah, they don't have a gender. They're they look like very androgynous people. Like they right. look like both male and female. Um the only one that looks pretty pretty tough, like pretty manly to me is Michael and Raphael. Uh those are the ones that exhibit more of that male dominant energy. Uh, Uriel and Gabriel, like Uriel, sometimes I see him as a her as well and Gabriel as well, but they're both, they're, they're a little bit different. Um, but I actually don't get told their names there. That's the one thing that I don't give people because I am a different type of teacher. I'm a different type of angel, angel channeler because my mission is to give people faith. That's what I want for the world. I want you to have faith in God, faith in your angels. So if I tell you their names, then you have faith in me, me that I gave you their names, you know, and and that's why like, if they don't tell me their names also, because it's such an amazing experience that I don't want to take from people. You know, I don't want I don't want to take the magic and the and the amazing experience of when you get told their names and you're like, oh my God, this is your name because you get reassurance with it. You get some sort of sign that that links you to that name. And and I don't want to take that away from people, but also the angels want people to do the work, to link with them, to find their names because that creates a higher faith frequency. So that's why I don't get told, I get told, I, I can, I can channel, channel everything else but the names. Interesting. Do you find that angels most of the time wait for us to request their help with something? Or are they constantly putting ideas into our heads that we would consider to be intuition or a gut feeling? Or are they and or are they actually doing that? 
or are they doing a, com- a combo platter of all oh, of those man. things? Yeah, I was I was looking at this interview the other day uh, on YouTube. Uh, my mom showed it to me, and it was this this lady that says she's an angel channel, and she was talking about how it is essential that they need your permission. Um, that's not true. <laughs> they don't need our permission. They are doing so many things on the background every day from us, protecting us from things that we can't see. You know, keeping on on keeping us on the right path and stuff like that. They don't need our permission. They only need God's will and God's permission to to be protecting us and loving us. And uh, and they do it because they love us and stuff like that. But it's a combination. Um, to answer your questions, a little bit of a combination of everything because. They're going to give you the signs, uh, but they're going to wait for you to acknowledge them because they can't, they can't make anything happen for you. They can't make a choice for you. They're only going to guide you for you to make the right choice in whatever you, you, you need to be doing. But they're going to be, in most cases, with sensitive people, they're going to borrow their, the voice inside your head and they're going to almost have a conversation with you inside your head and then there's other ways of bringing you signs, angel numbers, feathers, like all that stuff that they bring. But it's like the sign, it's not the meaning. It's the attention behind the sign. That is what they're trying to grab you. Every sign that an angel gives you is going to have an attention span. It's going to have this, this, this energy that you're, where you're going to literally stop thinking about what you're thinking and notice the sign. And that's how you know it's an angel sign as opposed to, you know, anything else. Because it's going to have a purpose and you're, and it's going to grab your attention in a major way where you're going to be like, oh, what? You know, and it's, and that's, and that's the energy behind it. But they're going to use a combination of things depending on the person because they know every person. So like if you're, you're an overthinker, if you're a warrior, if you doubt, if you fear, then they're going to work around those, those blocks, those negative energy blocks to grab your attention and hoping, they always hope that you're going to have the faith to continue receiving the, the sign. But most people doubt. Most people think, oh, I'm crazy, or that was just luck, or, you know, and then you let go of the sign, and they're never going to push themselves on us. Um, so that's kind of how they do it. Mm-hmm. And they'll keep sending signs. Yeah, all and they, the time. You know, they don't, say, okay, he's not getting it. So I'm just going to go on to somebody else or whatever. They'll, no. What I find is that they'll keep sending signs. It's been my experience, Danny, that we all have a guardian angel that stays with us throughout all of our lifetimes. Do you have any thoughts on that? So I don't think it's one. Um, I've never seen less than two and I've never seen more than nine on each person. Yet. <laughs> so it's a team because there's a lot of angels in existence because <clears throat> there's a lot of us too. But um, the number doesn't matter. Like if you have two or if you have nine, it doesn't mean you're more protected. It doesn't mean you're less protected. One angel can do it all, but they it's an exchange process. They have knowledge and energy that you're going to benefit from and they're going to benefit from learning from you and and your journey and everything. So it's an exchange process that happens. But the the number of angels that you get are the ones that you're going to stay with for the rest of your existence in this life. God, spirit guides come and go. 
they can come and go. And angels never leave you and you always have the same amount. I agree. Two two points on that. First of all, I'm an inventor of surgery devices sold throughout the world. So I spent a lot of years in and out of surgeries. And and whether I was in there in person scanning the room with a patient that I didn't know, or I'm working with a client or a loved one, and I'm checking out what's going on when they're in the operating room having surgery, I always see the person's guardian angel over the head of anesthesia. Always, 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 always. And when somebody's dying, I see that team of angels that you just referred to that's there and they change configurations. And I can we can tell how close to death somebody is based on the positioning of the angels. So I agree with you on that, that it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a team. It's, yeah, it's a team. And sometimes it's like, one of them's going to be probably, you know, on, on the front line and the other ones are going to be still around you, but maybe floating away or they're in the background somewhere, you know, but they're always linked to you somehow in that form and they'll never leave you. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's so fun to talk to somebody like you because we have so many things that we experience in common, but from a different perspective and we're saying the same thing. And that's what makes it so fun with everybody's individual experience because, you know, you're going to come up with your understanding of it and Mm -hmm. I'm going to have mine. And it's the same thing. It's like, you know, we're both wearing shirts. Mine's green. Yours is black and white polka dot, but they're both shirts. And it's like, and it's, that's what it's like. We should all respect each other's knowledge instead of trying to change each other's way. Because I feel like a lot of people, because there's so much competition in the spirit world too, like people want to be right. And it's like, they're trying to get away from religion. And it's like, you're kind of replicating what's happening in the religious world too. And then the other thing that baffles me is that I am one person and there's 8 billion people in the world. So I can't even cater to 1 million people. So why would I want to fight or get into competition to be the one that knows it all when not everyone's going to connect with me. You know, God designed every healer in a way that you're going to attract your own tribe and your own people that need you in the same frequency of a God frequency. You know, whether it's God, the universe, what, however you want to call God. I like the word God. It makes me feel taken care of. It makes me feel embraced by God. When I say the universe, it makes me feel alone. Like I'm alone in this big room, you know. Um, and it's, and it's what fits with you. And that's what people need to know that it's like, it's okay to not see like me, for example, I only know four archangels. I only speak about four. I've heard people talk about 20 of them sometimes like seven or 20. I don't know, but I, I don't like to talk about anything I don't learn from them. So that's why I only stick to the four, but I'm open. If, if another one comes through and shows me themselves and tells me who it, who he is or her, it's, I'm open to it. I never disregard anything, but there's always a reason why God keeps you in your own frequency um, and why God teaches you what you specifically are taught than anyone else, you know, because you're probably going to attract those types of people. Those types of people are going to be the ones that need you and that feel comfortable with your healing as opposed to someone else that might be too new age or too old age or, you know, or whatever. And that's why it's, it's a perfect design that always gets created for us. 
Well, your comment a minute ago about how when people are saying, no, it's this way and your way is wrong, that that's just emulating how religions have been throughout history. That's profound. That's, <laughs> I, I mean, that's like, bing, 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 bing. Yeah. You know, win the trifecta on that one. Wow. Yeah. That and they was, don't notice it. They don't notice it because in their minds, they're they're spiritual. It's like, oh, I'm away from religion. I'm like, you're kind of doing the same thing. You know, you're just trying to teach. Or like, have you ever heard those like ways, like those those posts that say like religion is the glass and spirituality is the whole ocean or something like that. And it's just like, well, for some people, it's the opposite. You know, every person is different and every person is going to connect with God in, in different ways. Some people like, like the work to be done for them, you know, and, and religion does a lot of the work for, for your spiritual connection. And some people like to do the work themselves, you know, and it's just whatever fits as long as you're connected. That's all that matters, you know. I agree. Well, I consider myself to be a cafeteria Catholic. I take what resonates and I leave the rest and combine spirituality. So I guess we're all combo platters, whether we realize it or not. And I think just even if you take meditation, what what are the different bazillions of forms of meditation? And certainly prayer beads have been around for forever. You got the prayer beads of the Muslims. You got the prayer beads of the Hindus. You got the Catholic prayer beads in the rosary. You got all of that. You got the Gregorian chant. You got the ohms. You got the whatever. And and it's all the same thing. It's all it's all all a different flavor of the same thing. And that's what I always I always say that with angels too, you know, look at the Mayans, look at the uh, Egyptians, look at the Aztecs, look at um, in Peru, you know, there's all, they all have a, a recorded creature with wings or a bird head or, you know, something like that. But there's all these, these recordings of people with wings, people with wings, they might have called them differently. They might have showed up differently. Some of them made them gods, you know, some of them and stuff like that. But angels are everywhere. They're recorded in every single civilization. There is a record of whether it's an ancient civilization, there's some sort of like, you know, uh, hieroglyphic of someone with wings. And, uh, and, and then they added a bird head because, okay, you know, maybe they're, since they have wings, they're probably this, you know. And there's just, they're everywhere. You know, they've been around us since the beginning of time, but the portrayal of them can change according to the experience, the belief, the connection, but it's all the same energy. I agree. And I I find the history and the archaeology and all of those aspects of religion especially interesting because we can see how different things developed over time and and well where did hell come from well mm. hell came from the trash dump you know outside of Jerusalem or wherever Jesus was and you're going to be banished to was it Gerda or someplace like that mm. and and then that came no no it was something like Hades and then and then it became hell and you can just see the transformation of all of it and how it was molded to to become what it is today. Yeah. So I find when we unravel that, if it's something that we're interested in, 
Or you just kind of go, oh, okay, well, that doesn't really make sense. Or like, how will you go there? You know, like, if you do this, you're going to hell. If you're going to do this, you're going to hell. It's like, man, like, why, why, why are there so many restrictions to loving God? You know, I always said this, and I, and I say this a lot all the time, is that I, the one thing that I remember that I was like, that I had the biggest problem with, with religion, um, is that I, the God that I know and feel all the time, he's pure love. He's amazing. He's forgiving. He's amazing, you know, or her, he, he her, whatever. It's, it's made up of everything, you know. And sometimes in religion, they make you feel like it's this awful God that wants to punish mm -hmm. you and hurt you and you should fear him. And I'm like, okay, so you want me to grow up having daddy issues because you want me to fear my father. You want me to, you know, like, it's just so, it was so, that, that's, that's what I was like, always like, why? Like, why this? You know, why that? And I remember like my, my teachers from like catechism and stuff, they used to get so wrapped up with me because I would question everything. I would be like, but why? And they're like, because that's the way it is. And I'm like, but why? Like, you're teaching me something. Give me the answer. You know, give me the answer why we have to do this. Why we have to confess our sins to a priest to be forgiven instead of talking to God. Like, why? You know, it's like, it was just so, I was always questioning things that were just so business made. And one of those was like, why, why do you want me to grow up fearing my father? Why do you want me to grow up, you know, having daddy issues where like, I can't be myself because of the fear that he's going to punish me or hate me or send me to hell. Like, it's just so weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There was a comedian named George Carlin. Have you ever heard of him? No. He was, oh my gosh, look him up. Uh, there'll be so many YouTube things. He's hysterical, hysterical. <laughs> he was really big, like in the probably 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe. And he did this routine about heaven and hell and limbo. He'd say, limbo, where they send the babies that aren't baptized. Well, really? But he did this routine and he said, what happens when they change the laws? You know, you eat meat on Friday, so you go to hell, that's a mortal sin. Well, then they change the laws. So what happens to all the people that ate meat before they change the laws? Are they still are they still doomed to hell? It was hilarious. And, and you know, you could use comedy to really point out something that's just so basic yeah. that we just are almost like a bunch of lemmings going, okay, well, I can't eat meat on Friday because I'm going to go to hell. I, right. I don't think so. Or working on the Sabbath, you know, the Jews and the different cultures with the different, and the different religions and the different beliefs. Uh, I have friends who are Jewish and they said, oh my God, when we were kids, if we ate a piece of ham or bacon, we were just told we were going to be damned for eternity yeah. because we ate a piece of bacon. And then they grew up and they thought, what? What's with that? God doesn't care. No. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's like, why are, it's so strange how they create all these restrictions and, that, and how we maintain them still sometimes. You know, it's like, why are we still maintaining this, these uh, rules that are, that make no sense that are in reality pushing people away from religion instead of embracing them, you know? Right, right. And and on that topic, does everybody have angels around them, even criminals and murderers and snarky people? Do we all have angels? Yeah. Yeah, everyone everyone has angels. It doesn't matter if you're bad or good. Um, 
that doesn't, you know, to the, the angels, like, like, again, they're not human. So they're not going to be like, oh, you committed crime. So we're done. No, they're going to still hope for your redemption, for your, for you to heal, for you to understand. Um, the difference is that the people that are very negative, um, they have a very, very faint connection to them. So there won't, it's going to be harder for them to get signs, to get, to, to do things like that because they're the, the opposite of an angel is a negativity. And if you're embracing negativity, then your connection to the angels is going to get more and more clogged um, because to be able to connect with them, we have to match their energy. But if someone that's very lost, very hurt, very, you know, that's making negative choices, they're just, they're not going to be abandoned. God doesn't abandon anyone, neither do the angels, but they, it's going to be harder for them to have the benefits of having their angels in their lives. I always say spirit doesn't communicate on the I feel crappy channels because the vibration's too low. It's exactly. Like, you want to listen to country, but you're on the classic rock station. You got to <laughs> change the channel. They're all a frequency, right? You're on 102.5, the country music station. And, and that's megahertz. That's the frequency. But you want to listen to classic rock. You got to change it to 107.5. Yeah. Change the channel because they don't communicate. How can anybody tune into their angels? How can they, how can anybody who, I, I believe we all come in with the ability, it's just learning to develop and enhance it over life. I, how, um, what's an easy way for people to get in touch with their angels? Yeah, I, you know, I was told by my angels that, like you said, everyone has a sensitivity. So everyone can somehow feel and, and get glimpses of stuff. But to develop a communication, it is an ability you're born with because not everyone can develop themselves that way unless you, because not everyone's willing to make the changes in their lives. You know, people want this, people want that. So like to have a very profound connection, there's a certain amount of faith and dedication and stuff and sometimes even sacrifice that you have to do because to channel angels, there has to be a purpose. You know, there has to be a purpose. Like, why would they change my entire life if I wasn't meant to heal, if I wasn't meant to guide? You know, like, it's, they're not, I'm not just going to hear them just because. It's because I, they knew that I was going to make the choice to give my life to them, to continue to spread light and stuff like that. So the profound way that I hear them and, 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 and see them, they told me that it's, it's, it's given to you by God specifically. And but the sensitivity we all have it because we have a soul. Your soul's going to pick up on on energetic waves and and, and emotions and, and stuff like that. Um, and and to develop our our connection to the angels, um, it's very different than everything else because it's very it's based on faith. It's not based on experience. It's not based on anything other than faith and and having that profound faith where it doesn't become an exchange process. Because a lot of the people that like, most people that ask me, I want to hear your, the angels, it's because they want to hear them in the moment of need. And I'm telling, and I'm here telling them, I hear them all the time. They never stop talking to me. I have to sleep with the TV on because it helps me 
it helps me block them out a little bit with the sound and then I fall asleep. If not, I'll just stay up all night hearing them what they have to say and singing and showing me things. So when I have another sound kind of mirroring it, it helps me, you know, be able to, because I never stop hearing them. They're always talking, they're always singing, they're interacting, showing me things. And it's amazing. I never want to stop hearing them either. Um, but not everyone can have this, you know, some people are going to get overwhelmed with it. You're not going to be able to, that's why I tell people, it's like, you got to understand everything else besides the magnificent, um, ability of seeing the angels because I also, you know, get given message and do this and do that. I also see the negative. I don't, I can't filter the negative out. I'm also going to see the negative, not only the good, you know? So like, it's, it's a whole lifestyle change and, um, that not a, not everyone's willing to go there or, 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 and it's an energy wave because I don't know if it's happened to you, but I, I deal with a lot of cases where people come to me because they receive messages from another reader that scare them, that terrify them. So then I'm here fixing everything, especially with their loved ones. Like they say, my loved one is suffering and it's angry. And I'm like, well, he, he's right here laughing with me, you know? So he's joking with me and laughing. And that's because those people, I'm not denying that they have an ability. They just are limited and they are, and they channel until a certain point. And then their brain takes over and, and they start giving you stuff that's not real. So that's why I, that's why I believe that we all have a sensitivity. Not everyone has the ability to translate and commune and have that profound communication. And uh, because the people that have the sensitivity sometimes want this so much that they let their brain be guided instead of the the divine being, and it creates more issues and stuff like that. Um, but for to communicate with the angels, we have to have a very strong faith. You have to first open yourself up to to acknowledging them, to getting yourself used to seeing what you can't see, used to feeling what you can't feel. And then you start to develop the faith. You increase that frequency. Uh, the more you practice it, just like anything, it's like a muscle. You have to practice it. You have to develop it. You have to take care of it. You have to feed it. Um, but it's more faith-based because if you get an angel message and you doubt it, they're not going to try again till later. They're going to try again later because they know you're not ready. So then the more faith you have, the easier it is to communicate with them. But to have a faith where it's like, I want to communicate with them because I want to help or I want to do something, not just because I want them to, um, you know, take care of me when I'm sad or when I'm going through something bad. You know, it's, it should never be an exchange process. It should be a purpose. Interesting. It's been my experience and I learned how to do this stuff. And this is what I teach that my abilities I can turn on and off at will. So I... I cook dinner, I do laundry, you know, I mean, I do regular stuff. And, and then I turn my ability on when I want to communicate with angels or with spirits. And again, I think it's all personal. What works yeah. for you? And what are you guided to? Somebody that is guided to me wants to learn how I do it. Somebody who's guided to you wants to learn how you do it. And it's all perfect. Yeah. And, and you know, work. the whole, the whole turning on and off thing. Um, yeah. Like I just, I have this weird thing where like, if I turn myself up, I know I could do it, but if I turn myself off, I feel like I'm disrespecting God. So that's why I don't do it. Uh, but it's my choice. You know what I mean? But it, but right. it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it wrong. It's just that 
I have friends that turn it off and they're just like, you know, only when I'm working, I'll turn it on. And that is possible. But I just, to me, it's like, I just, I'm so used to it that if I turn myself off and I stop hearing them, I will, I'll feel too weird. Um, and so like, I'm so used to, cause I've, I've been like this my whole life. And I also feel like for some reason it makes me feel like, oh, I should just get used to that being this way and stuff. But I, I, it doesn't hurt me. You know, it doesn't bother me. Like I'm not suffering hearing them all the time. Like it's not, I just need, I just, I learned to adapt to my abilities. The same, the same thing that I can't go to a concert. I'll pass out. It's too much energy for me, you know? So like I adapt according to my abilities. And not a lot of people are willing to do that to grow their spiritual connection, you know, like, and, and it's, and that's why I feel like it, it fluctuates. A few more questions for you. You know, you got my mind percolating here. <laughs> you know, these questions coming in. You've talked about music a couple of times and I had Dr. Eben Alexander on the show recently, and he talked about in his near-death experience, the choirs of angels and the music that he heard, he said, kept propelling him to higher and higher vibrational levels. You say that sometimes you're up in the middle of the night and you're singing with them. Do you hear that music that mm -hmm. he referred to? Does it, can you give us an idea of what that sounds like to you? It's, do you have a frame of reference that you can compare it to that most of us would understand? It sounds like a combination of a sound bowl and opera. <laughs> mm. Like it sounds like a combination of a sound bowl and like an opera singing and like high pitch, high pitch, um, like more baritone and stuff like that. So like it's, it's, but, it, but it, there's always this frequency of like a, a sound bowl concert almost, but they make those sounds themselves. Um, and it's very, uh, and it's, and it's in, and it's in a, sometimes it's in, um, their own language, you know, like the, the, the frequency that they, they, that they sing in. Um, but it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's like, it relaxes you. It uplifts you. Like, it's just magical. Yeah. I always think of Gregorian chants as yeah. something that is comparable. I, I've told this story before when my son was in the uh, freshman in high school. So he was in the ninth grade and we were at a concert that he and his buddies were all singing in and they sang Poulenc's Gloria. Mm -hmm. And I never heard of Poulenc and I never knew he had a Gloria, <laughs> but there's a soprano <laughs> solo in the middle of it that's very operatic. And they had this girl who ended up going to the Boston Conservatory of Music or someplace, you know, on a full ride. Amazing voice. And she's singing this solo, Danny. And I had tears streaming down my face. And I thought, holy Moses. And my husband looked over at me and said, what's the matter? Is it I don't know. I was just tearing like you were talking about yeah. praying before. And also with my son, Jonathan, when he was a toddler, he w was playing around with his toys and we had the Grammys on and he Guns N' Roses or somebody was on and he was just not paying any attention. Well, Placido Domingo comes on and sings something from Carmen or something like that. That baby Danny stood in front of that TV the whole song and didn't move. And then when it was over, he went back to playing his toys. So there is definitely something there with the vibration that we all recognize, even babies that don't have a frame of reference mm -hmm. for the music. 
So I think, you know, you hear about the choirs of cherubim and cherubim and all of that. And, and you're the second person I've talked to in a month who's witnessed and heard that music coming from yeah. the angelic realm, which I think is so amazing. What do you think happens when we die? Like the process of it or where we go? Yeah, all of it. Like, you know, in our last few moments, in our last, let's say in our last 24 hours before we go to heaven. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a different process for everybody, you know, because depending on how the process is happening to you, uh, but the, the afterlife, it's always the same, what the angels show me, unless you're not able to move on. Um, because I encounter a lot of spirits sometimes that are stuck or they're something, a link keeps them here. Um, a fear sometimes, or sometimes like that addictions, like I've, I've met a lot of spirits that their own addictions take them, prevent them from moving on. Um, but it's always, um, the, the, the soul is always gonna unplug from the body. Like I always see it unplugging, like in a very slow way. Um, and then, so that's, it's almost like you start to lose your, your life essence, like prior to when you die. Because a lot of the spirits that show me when they're dead, they're kind of already watching themselves dead. So it's almost like they already, you know, experienced it that way and stuff like that. And then there's the 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 transitioning, which in, I see most um, loved ones that come through. And like, I always see them because to me, death has an energy. I can see the specific color to death's energy. And the more energy that surrounds the person, the more they're close to death to me. So it's not like, and I always, I always measure the amount, if that makes sense. Um, and then the other signs is that I always see some sort of loved one around them, like waiting for them, preparing them. And that person is usually the one in charge to move them on. And, um, and then they take them, they moving on. And then after that, um, the angels have showed me that we go through this process right away that the angels call it like, you know, the judgment <laughs> of ourselves. And um, I've seen it as a, as a room full of, like a huge room full of TV screens. And um, every TV is going to play a memory uh, that's going to make you evolve as a soul, whether it was a good memory or a bad memory. And they make you feel what you made others feel. They make you, you know, so that you ascend as a soul. It's not a negative thing. <clears throat> God's not doing it to punish you or he's not weighing you if you're going to go to hell, you know. Um, he's just teaching you this so that you learn to see what you did what you should have done, how it works, what the truth is. And that's what makes you shed your humanity and make you feel, make you become that profound soul without any negativity, any worries and stuff like that. So like that process can take some time um, depending on the person because it it's also like a letting go process where you're kind of like, oh, are they going to be okay? And, you know, and then you start to go through this. It's like, it's a process that I'm not able to reach people that are dead there. Like I'm not allowed to, or, or my abilities don't go that far. 
Um, so I always tell people like, wait like three months after they die and then come see me because then we have a safe to- room around where I can actually access them or I, if, if they can come. Um, because in that room, I won't speak to them. Like the angels will speak for them, um, but it's not. it won't be a direct connection. But I always call it the judgment, you know, where it's just like, you get shown and you feel what you made someone feel. You you do this, you do that, because all of that is going to help you learn as a soul. And they do, because a lot of spirits come through and they're like, I don't know, I was doing this and tell her I'm sorry, you know, or something like that. And it's like, because they learn to see themselves from an outside perspective and they learn to feel it as well as an outside perspective um, so that you learn and you ascend as a soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. I that's what my book's about is what happens how we're surrounded by deceased loved ones spirits and the spirits of deceased pets and actually university-based research now corroborates that and says that 90% of people at the end of their lives see the spirits of deceased loved ones and pets either in dreams or in visions. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, at the end of their lives. And it can stretch out even six months before they die. So I concur with you on that. It can be a process. Also, it's been my experience that time doesn't exist in the spirit world. So somebody goes through what I call those phases of transition, the 12 phases of transition. It can happen instantly, like in the case of a homicide or suicide, or it can be prolonged over days, weeks, months, even years. And again, that's all based on what that person's spirit or soul wants to experience. Okay. What are the, what are a couple of the most common questions you get from people about wanting to know from their angels? Um, Am I on the right path? What's my purpose? Um, love of course they, everyone wants to know about love like who's who's my they always ask me who's my soulmate and then i have to kind of crash their dreams by telling them that angels we don't believe in soulmates <laughs> and they're like what and i'm like yeah i'm sorry we don't we think god's your soulmate and uh they always show me that the reason why you know like if twin for example i don't believe in twin flames or soulmates because if we were if we had that profound connection in that form, we would never fight. Everything, the, the relationship would be perfect. You know, like there were, there were, it wouldn't exhibit negativity, but we're not, you know, we're meant to work hard. We're meant to learn from each other. We're meant to do the work in a relationship to maintain yourself happy, you know? So that's one of the big questions with the love life. Uh, but most times it's the, the purpose, um, Am I on the right path? And, and and the love are kind of the most profound ones that I get asked. Yeah. What do you tell them about their path? What's what's a common answer from angels with people as far as that? What's my purpose? Am I on the right path? Well, first we kind of fix if there's anything preventing you from your path. Like we'll go and we're, we're kind of, we tend to fix the things that are going to prevent you from being happy and fulfilled instead of pushing people towards it because angels don't like to waste good energy. So they'll take care of like, you know, like, oh, you need this or you have this, you have trauma, you have this. We take care of what's preventing you instead of taking you there because we don't, angels don't like to take the risk of you 
messing up something or like, or, or, or kind of not uh, absorbing it the way that you should. Um, and they also want to take you there faster, you know. So if you're able to take care of the things that are blocking you or preventing you from that, um, that's what that's what we kind of take care of first. Um, and then the purpose is always an energy because people think that your purpose is given to you by God, and it is. But purpose are made up of two things: it's your choice and your energy. So, for example, uh, me, um, you know, I have a purpose to heal. So I could have been an excellent doctor. I could have been an excellent surgeon. I could have anything to do with healing, I would exceed in because that is my purpose is to heal. But I chose this. I chose this form in the spiritual world, in the spiritual way. Um, so that's what I always tell people. It's like, I'm getting the energy that you're supposed to create or you're supposed to heal or you're supposed to protect, you know, whatever the purpose is around them. Um but then it's also your choice, you know, take the time to go look what do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? And of course, we give them clues. Like I'm always like, oh, well, you know, they're showing me that you would be really good at this, would be good at that. And most of the time, the person's like, I've already been thinking about that. So then it's like we give a lot of reassurance and stuff like that. But with the purpose, we try to guide and remove things that will prevent you there so that you're not back here again next year. You know, like, is this my purpose? Is this? So that's why we like to take care of the negativity first. Why do we incarnate? It's like, I think that it's because I think it's a different mission for uh, every different person. I think that some people are meant to just come and have their life and do and do it all. And then there's some of us that are here to make a change. You know, we only incarnate when we're here to make a change. Like, I think this is like my second or third life because everything's still very new to me. And um, I'm here to make a change. That's why to me, like, everything's so strange. Like, I don't, I look at everything. It's almost like I'm a soldier of God. Like, I don't care for me. I care more to make a change, to teach people. It's almost like I'm here with a purpose. I'm here to work. I'm here to get this done because I know where I'm going, you know? And it's so everybody has a different in incarnation purpose. And uh, of course, it's always a choice. You know, it's, it's a journey. It's a travel. It's a, and as a soul, a lot of people tell me, well, I, why did I choose to be here? Why did I choose this suffering that I'm going through? Well, the thing is, is that as a soul, you wouldn't be asking yourself that. As a soul, you would be like, ooh, I get to learn this and I get to experience this. Awesome, let's do it. You know, because as a soul, you're, an, you're a higher being that doesn't see through the eyes of pain or suffering or uh, uncomfortability. You see through the eyes of growth, uh, help, aiding, you know, and, th and things like that. So that's why I tell people, it's like, well, right now you're human. Your brain's making you think those questions. But your soul, it's like, why not? You know, why? Because we're able to, because we're here to learn, to teach, to grow. And it's a journey that you take that your soul knows, needs, or wants to ascend, to experience, to become more knowledgeable of, a, of an experience that it's different from the world that we are created. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Countless times from spirit, it's just an experience. Yeah. There's no good, there's no bad, there's no right, there's no wrong, which is really hard for us to wrap our human brains around just because what we've been taught. And we need good and bad and right and wrong in the human experience because we create out of the contrast. But 
they all say it's just an experience. And then people say, why in the name of God would I choose to suffer like this? That doesn't make sense to me. I say, it doesn't make sense to you from your human perspective. Exactly. From your spirit's perspective, it makes total sense mm-hmm. with that. How can people get in touch with you and learn more about you and the work that you do? Um, I'm pretty active on social media uh, now. I didn't used to um, until my angels told me you have to. And then I had a pretty good growth. You know, people really resonate with the messages and stuff. So I'm pretty active on Instagram. Uh, My Instagram is angel medium Danny Michaels. Um, And I have a website too, dannymichaels.com. And uh, that's where you can book a reading or if I'm doing an event or a class or something like that. But I'm mostly active on social media. Like I like to give people messages, you know, that that are going on in the world and stuff and give people hope and and love and God and faith. So I'm always doing videos that can help humanity and people. And besides the work that I do, you know, with my readings and stuff like that. But yeah, that's that's how they can get a hold of me. Well, you are just a delight. Thank you for for going on this wide ranging adventure of questions that I threw at you. I have many more that we didn't get to. So perhaps we'll have you back another time. But everybody, thanks for joining us. Sending you lots of love from Sweet Home, Alabama and Arizona too, where Danny is. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan and like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com. This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.